0: right hello hello legions and welcome once again to a very special edition of the what you've been watching podcast i am your host the let's go tiger sharks marvelous mike <laughs> dudley followed as always by my co-host cohort and youngest brother md3 marcus dudley checking in on the you
1: what is going on out there in podcast land we are broadcasting live with an all just technologically advanced uh, spot here at What You've Been Watching Studios, number one, the original. Uh, I'm living in the future. And we're doing big things. Y'all are going to see soon. But our humble Invest begin- in Bitcoin. <laughs> our humble beginnings are uh, starting to pay off. So we're taking steps forward. Uh, but now we're broadcasting live from the Southside edition of What You've Been Watching Studios, right here in Tallahassee, Florida, you know, the capital state, the old gunshine state. Um, man. What's going on with you though, my brother?
0: Just been trying to enjoy the days, man. Went to uh, went to the uh, Tallahassee Museum recently. Went saw a bunch of animals, so that was cool. They got the the old school like farmhouse set up with you know the old uh, caboose trailer back there. They got. Uh, Dogs, chickens. Bears, rhinos. Bears, <laughs> rhinos, and shit. No, no rhinos. Uh, but yeah, bear, like just basically all the wildlife that you would find uh, in Florida, they have them confined into cages for our, well, enclosed areas for our uh, educational and viewing pleasure.
1: Yeah, what was the, spe- they always have a special guest animal. Did they have one there? Or?
0: Yeah, they had cranes, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like huh. African ibises and uh, I want to say like Philippine storks or something or cranes or something like that yeah
1: it's kind of dope though
0: yeah, yeah. elegant creatures i mean you know they're beautiful you know yeah. not as yeah. fuckable as eagles but you know <laughs> anyways on that note we want to give a
1: shout out to our intro music kesta always bright because it is always bright when we uh pivot off of animal fuckery uh, <laughs> so thank you for that out there sir i love the intro music keep it species erotica fucko okay my bad my bad michael had the technical term ready to roll uh, we also want to give a shout out uh just because we're going to plug them every episode if you're looking for custom-made beats oh yes, hit up my my man mr a1 at a1reality.music at gmail.com i'm telling you, he's got the flavors waiting for you That's as it. they say in other places he's got the dope he's got the dope <laughs> so uh anyways, where else can they find us though my brother
0: uh, they can find us online at facebook.com slash dudley bros podcast, or they can write into what you've been watching podcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And just look for the on
1: Facebook, look for the lovely banner done by the middle duds there. It's very colorful. That's right. You can't miss it. So, yeah, man. Anything Pops. else? Anything else been going on with you, though, my guy? We got a big episode here
0: today. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Let's just get into it. Yeah, what what, what right. you going up to? Anything anything of note?
1: Man, just watching the Eagles free fall and <laughs> uh that's about it.
2: Fly uh, Eagles, uh, Yeah, it's a cry, fly.
1: Eagles cry kinda of weekend. So <laughs> by the time this comes out, they've either will probably have either are playing for the Super Bowl or have been bounced from the playoffs. So that's about it. So we'll find out though. I think it's gonna be the I think they're going to get bounced <laughs> 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 so,
0: here nor there. I mean, at least you're an honest fan.
1: Yeah, no, I'm passionate. I don't ever root for them to lose, but I I was joking with the Cowboys. You're Cow- also realistic. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a good friend of mine. Shout out to, to my man, Mike Wins. Um, if the Cowboys win the, the NFC East, he gets a small token of appreciation. And if the Eagles win, then I get a small token of appreciation. Okay. Nothing expensive, but just like a little... $20, it would be a pair of cheap
0: bedroom slippers that you yeah, find, you a, know what I mean? Yeah, a a little token.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, the rules, like, even if, if like, hypothetically saying, you know, we're both FAMU fans of Florida, hey, man, I'll, I'll get you FAMU gear instead, like, the joy comes from him spending his hard-earned money <laughs> on shit that I know he hates, so I actually, the the Cowboys won the division, so I hedged my bets actually much earlier in the season, because I was at Ross And they had cheap cowboy shit there. And I was like, (laughs) if i got to buy him cowboy shit, I'm certainly not paying full price for this shit. That's right. So, so, Mikey, it'll be on its way here soon enough. If that's reached already, buddy. So, uh, on that note, that's enough housekeeping. We got a loaded episode. We talk about the the movie we're going to, the headliner tonight is one that we talk about all the time. Uh, We're talking about immortality at its finest. But until we get to that point, my brother, the reason why everyone tunes in for this
0: season three jump-offery um. What you been watching, my brother? My man uh, recently saw uh, "Blazing Saddles" again. For I can't even tell you how many times I've seen, how many times I've seen this movie. Maybe easily ten to fifteen times in my lifetime, and it just gets funnier and funnier and funnier every time. It's an all timer. I mean, I know there's a lot of un-PC jokes that probably wouldn't fly today, but even within the context of like the racial tone and the, the sort of the you know the, the the insensitive racial humor that they use, it's still kind of pointed. It's still used to make a point. It's still used to make an example or or a mockery of you know sort of part of of American society. And I think it's really effective in that. Like it's not it's not light handed in it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No. It definitely doesn't put too fine a point on some of the things it says <laughs> and does in that movie. Um, but I don't know. I've this is just my experience. I'm sure some people are pissed off by it. I've never met somebody that watched Blazing Saddles and was like, I'm outraged. Like mm. I'm sure those people exist. But oh, I am yeah. in my personal circle, just like I don't know anybody that's watched Tropic Thunder and been like, That movie's terrible or God, I'm so offended. Like right. some of it is kind of in bad
0: taste, but it's still fucking funny. So you're just kinda of like, all right, man, you know. whatever. And, and even then there's, there's lots of little things within the, within the movie that even besides all the, all the racially charged stuff, and, you know, it's just little things like the, the Cowboys sitting around the campfire, and they're all eating beans and they just start rising up and they have like a concert of fucking farts and burps and shit like that. <laughs> so uh, I love the line. The first time I ever saw that movie
1: was um when we first got cable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on a. Comedy Central at like eleven in the after, or in the morning on right. uh, like a. I'm sa- sure
0: the censored version.
1: Yeah, it was, but uh, it was still the uh, the line where he Gene Wilder asks him, so "He goes, you see this hand?" Right, it's steady as a rock. And he goes, "You see, see this? I shoot with this one." and right. his hand flutters up from underneath. The <laughs> that's such a good joke. I, his delivery so deadpan because it's supposed to be like the stern, earnest cowboy stare-down kind of right. thing. And he just throws it directly oh, Gene, to the wind. Gene
0: Wilder is a genius of physical comedy. I love when they first get introduced, like when Black Bart wakes up the Waco Kid or the Cisco Kid, in like he. he Brought him in for drunkenness the night before he wakes up and Gene Wilder's rubbing his head and he goes, "Uh." <laughs> and Bart walks in. He goes, are we alive? And he takes a look at him. and He goes, that depends. Are we black? Well, yes, we are. OK, then we're awake, but we're very confused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I forgot about that.
0: It's been a long time, man. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. Our
1: uh, our weekend mother, uh, she was in the room when I was born. Shout out to Miss Debbie. Uh, she loves that movie. She yeah. would watch it pretty yeah. pretty consistently. And
0: Madeline Kahn's great in that movie as yeah. uh, oh, what was her name? Oh, she was gonna... the
1: same one from Young Frankenstein. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 Doctor. Look
0: at these knockers. Not her, but she no, played no, no, uh, uh, um... she played uh, Frankenstein's fiance. Right, 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 right. That's right. Yeah, Gene Wilder's love interest. In that yeah, movie. she was also in Mixed Nut. She's been in a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, yeah. like. Shout out to Madeline Kahn. Gone too soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no,
1: I, that movie kind of, it certainly zooms out and breaks the fourth wall like the entire third act. It's oh, just yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, did we not write an ending or do we just not care? And I don't, <laughs> Either way, I'm fine with it. But I know a lot of people actually like the movie up to that point. I, I don't want to speak for them, but I think dad is one of them. I think he's like I love that movie up till the third act, and it, uh, just
0: kinda, it gets just way out there, and it just kind of it's like all right, I yeah. They're be. running through Hollywood. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's it's Mel Brooks doing you know Mel Brooks stuff, whatever know? he wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I don't know because it's funny. I got really high and it came to me. You yeah, know? yeah, I don't
1: know. He's still sharp, man. The last yeah, interview was, I saw him, he was like ninety one, and he was still quick with it, man. Yeah,
0: I love watching interviews with him. He's he's very quick witted and like. Has all the best stories from Hollywood that you would never, like, never hear from anybody else. Yeah, and he, he, just, just, he doesn't give a fuck, so he's just free to tell them. He's a legend. It's yeah. like, you can't,
1: what are you going to say to him? <laughs> you try to cancel Mel Brooks? You know, okay. <laughs> fucking 45 years too late, dude. What are you, Meshuggah? <laughs> <laughs> him and Don Rickles in any interview have the best way of just flipping whatever question you ask them. Into them making fun of you, the interviewer, yeah. with like a certain level of humility about it, too. Like, bless your heart. Bless your heart.
0: You're trying so hard. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, just ripping motherfuckers <laughs> apart, man. So, No, I love Blazing Saddles, so I need to sit down and watch
0: it again. Yeah.
1: So, what else you got on it, nerd? Let's see. Oh,
0: I'm going to give Blazing Saddles, uh, no stinking badges. <laughs>
1: My review wouldn't be too far off. So we're rolling that one. <laughs> it's rare that we give a a no for something. Usually it's a quantitative amount. So right. well done there. So right. I think that's what you've been watching first. <laughs> for a positive review to get a nothing. <laughs> so, well done. See, see. I'm we'll good find. at this. I'm like getting the, better. The. Part time WBW historian over here.
0: <laughs> Let's see. After that, I saw. uh
1: By the way, this new setup, I can adjust now. Man, I know y'all can't see it, but goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> we have mic arms finally. And it's like Michael's sitting comfortably on the couch. I'm sitting comfortably over here. I can move around a little bit and bring it to me. So hopefully, you don't screw up the sound quality too much and blow people's eardrums out. But it's all right. we'll, we'll fix it, it out. in post. Yep.
0: <laughs> or not. Fuck you. Or it's not, a free man. podcast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. which please send your, uh, your your thoughts and your money or support whatever you want hit us up at what
0: you've been watching podcast at gmail.com hey so. uh okay uh after that i saw transformers rise of the beasts now i've heard
1: about these transformer movies started mm-hmm.
0: getting good again after bumblebee would you i have agree? not seen bumblebee i will say that i watched the first three transformers movie well And I ended up walking, turning off the third one once they hit the third act because it was three hours long and I just didn't give a a crap anymore. Like I was like, "Oh my god, this movie is still going, and I have no idea what's going on." So I turned it off like right when the third act kicked in, and have never seen it since. Uh, They're not great. Rise of the Beast, also not great, but I was at least highly entertained. Were you entertained because you were high? Well, I mean am I awake? Then yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Leave me alone. I live in a womb of reefer. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. Or with moderation. I don't you know. know do what you just want. Just do the right drugs. Yeah, just be be smart out there. No, I um I saw one and I one I enjoyed for what it is. Um I was like, Oh shit, we get a Transformers movie like I'm all on board. You know, it's kind of like Ninja Turtles. I'm gonna watch it. Right. And then I saw two, and I thought two was already like, this has gone on long enough. And then I remember I saw parts of three one time because it was on FX or some shit, and I just the problem uh, with those movies zoned out. And then by four or five, I was just done. By the, the time they brought Mark Wahlberg in, I was like, <laughs> I'm out.
0: I Think we have a Transformer? I
1: Think we got a Transformer? Yeah.
0: The problem with those movies is. It just devolves into one big CGI clusterfuck. Yes. And I have no idea what's happening on screen because they all kind of look the same. They all kind of sound the same. They all, like, it's just a big muddled mess of movement. And, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, if you're filming an action sequence, you need to have, the audience needs to understand blow by blow what's happening.
1: I forget what robot I'm rooting for. It, yeah, in the movements, I'm like, oh, was that a good thing that he just got punched? Or right. I can't, because I f- they're. It got to the point they were transforming as they were jumping and diving right. and sh- and I didn't. There was never like true to form, and their colors just kind of became so blended together. It was like I don't mm-hmm. know which robot I'm supposed to be cheering yeah. for right now. Like I Bumblebee knew- was easy to tell because he was smaller than everybody, but by the and time, bright yellow, right? And, then and by the time they and- brought in like
0: ancillary characters, I was like, I don't fucking know, know. Yeah, yeah. Which one is this? Whip Jack, slip jack, jack, Slips. <laughs> Who is this?
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. But I heard they, uh, they're starting to come back a little bit, because I know people uh, that I, I do will like say, the franchise that like the the newer take on it. They're like, it's calmed down, it's a little more coherent.
0: I, I will say, I, I, I did like Rise of the Beasts. Um, it I think because they they limited themselves in terms of the number of Transformers and Terracons that they used... So it wasn't just 80 different robots all fighting it was a limited I think there was maybe 10 or 12 of them all together and even then some of them show up and then disappear and you never see them again or like they're they're just sort of ancillary characters so they're not really on screen fighting and all that stuff um so I think that really helped it it's a, it's it was shot a lot better in terms of the fights weren't so muddled and 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 just giant shapes moving and and blobs of machinery that are indistinguishable like the characters to their credit actually all kind of had individualistic looks well at least the good guys did um the the villains sort of had that like faceless you know right. robotic feature but um yeah so it it did improve on the things that really bugged me about the original series so i got to give them credit on that you still have to be really deep into transformer lore to sort of understand what's going on and who all these people are. Like, fortunately I watched it with, you know, Glenn who knows every character ever made from what series and which episode it was. And yeah, shout out to Glenn. different he variations. Is, yeah. He's the so, keeper of stuff like that. Yeah. I it remember
1: was, the cartoon back in the day of, um, uh, Primal Wars or whatever. What was it? Uh, animal beast Wars. Beast wars. Yeah. 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 Sorry, animal wars. She's, um, yeah no i i watched it because it was on tsunami and it was, yeah i i dug it so but i just i also like the 1986 cartoon or whatever but that was the best one i mean the movie's the best yeah one. the movie's the best one but yeah i watched some of that on a tsunami and i dug it the beast wars or whatever mm-hmm. so i kind of wasn't exactly my cup of tea but,
0: you know <laughs> okay sorry uh yeah like i said it's it's highly entertain entertaining but unless you're a completionist or like that's kind of your groove. It, there's not going to be a whole lot of substance there for Did you. Did they bring on the beasts too little, too late? You think? Because they still do well overseas. Oh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very uh, it's a very uh, international market for sure. It's like uh, the Meg.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm going to give that uh, three and a half energons.
1: Fair enough. I like three and a half uh, doling out, too, for
0: personal reasons. (laughs)
1: So Yeah. Well, cool.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that kind of covers it for me right now. What what about you, brother? What you been watching? Oh, I thought you'd never ask, but I knew you would. Um, (laughs) I watched... uh, I want to
1: save some of the stuff I've I've been watching recently just because I want to hear your take on it. Okay. But watched a little bit of Blue Beetle. I'll get into that. I actually kind of enjoyed that one. Um, But I did watch um i watched his youtube special first and then i doubled down and watched his netflix special um shane gillis i've seen him on podcasts and other things oh, and yeah. i found him to be very funny and uh he was he was the guy who within 24 hours or like within a week was a comic coming up in new york right he moved over there from pennsylvania got picked up by saturday night live right found out he said a very racially charged word on a sketch that he made on his own like YouTube page or whatever with his buddy Keeves or whatever and then got fired from SNL all within one week and then never even made the cast so like got got cast got the announcement three days later was like Lorne Mike was like hey what are we gonna do about this he kind of wrote an apology and by then he was already kind of torn to parts yeah so um but they
0: were kind of just calling for his I mean not I say they like the internet and sort of like the cultural shift was calling for his head at that. Oh, point. absolutely.
1: Especially in the city of New York too. Yeah. I mean, um, but, uh, he had a, he had a hell of a bounce back though. I think he is a, uh, this special, it's called beautiful dogs. Yeah. It got nominated, I believe for a an Emmy. And I think it was for, uh, uh, I think it was for a golden globe as yeah, well. Yeah. Possibly. They,
0: they finally this year included stand up comedy, uh, in the golden globe. So Which,
1: by the way, shout out to myself, for saying that Baby J would get nominated for something. I was like, I bet it wins either a Grammy or something. So,
0: watch me go back
1: and play the tape, and I never said that. But I thought it. No, I think I said it would get nominated. No, you did. Yeah, I think I said it would get nominated for a Grammy, but um, yeah. I don't know. if I don't follow the Grammys that much, but yeah, it was good to see it, though. I was like, damn, like when I'm right about things. <laughs> but um, I did enjoy it, though, man. I laughed at this. There's a couple jokes in here, man, that are just dead hilarious and he does a trump voice in there which is spot on but he breaks down he's like it sucks that not only he doesn't really talk about saturday night live thing he's like it sucks that i just now figured out how to do a trump voice right like (laughs) right right (laughs) right. a little too late
0: i could have been rolling in it yeah but he breaks down. steady job security
1: he breaks down how to do the accent and everything and then he just talks about he loves trump's press speeches he's like there's never been a greater debater in the history of anything he just comes in and starts making fun of people and all like you're wrong he's like you're a dork what's your rebuttal i don't know oh you go to harvard over there you freaking loser he's like and this dude just came up out of nowhere started calling people names and just shut it all down which i'm not here to promote trump or anything but his his interpretation of why
0: he was the best was really really funny i mean yeah He's not wrong. I yeah. mean, I know a lot of people who voted for Trump who were like, just off I just heart. like the way he handles business. I just yeah. like the way he, he just <laughs> doesn't take a crap from anybody. Just go up there and call somebody's wife fat and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> like,
1: it's not a redeeming Yeah. and he said yeah, he Yeah.
0: Trump's debate strategy is, I know you are, but what am I? Exactly.
1: <laughs> it worked. <laughs> He's the first to implement that strategy since. <laughs> I don't know, since uh, middle school or elementary school comebacks. So. <laughs> he also made a joke about uh, after he killed the leader of ISIS. He's like, it's a, supposed to be like a, a – a, a, this is where the whole joke about beautiful dogs comes in. And he's like, Trump would compliment the weirdest stuff. This guy went on in a 90-minute monologue about how he killed the leader of ISIS. This is supposed to be like 22 minutes right. tops. And he was right, just off right. the top just going – He's like, and then we we had a bomb-searching robot go in and blow up the wall, and he got killed by dogs. Beautiful dogs. And I'm not trying to ruin Those the, pristine dogs. Yeah, and I'm not trying to ruin the joke, but the conceptually, what he jokes about is the idea that this dude's sleeping in his bed and they sent a robot in because they were in fear of a suicide bomber. So this dude has a robot blow up his wall. And the last thing he sees, is he gets mauled to death by dogs. And Trump's just going on, like calling this dude a baby and a crybaby. And, like, you should have seen how much he was crying. Like, it's, like it's the most terrible way to die ever. And the leader of the free world is just going on and on about it, like it's terrible. So, oh uh, man, I'm, I'm not trying to spoil his jokes for him, but we haven't seen it by now, it's right? It's not close. necessarily the joke itself that's funny; it's the it's the conceptualization yeah, of it yeah, all. Yeah. His delivery is way better than mine, but yeah. it's how he got to the title "Beautiful Dogs" is very funny, and he that's talks funny. about other things besides that, and it's not a, a pro Trump thing. So it's it's just him speaking his opinion, which I'm always here for. Yeah. So um, I dug it a lot. I, I laughed a lot. I'm not going to sit here and lie. Um, that's
0: cool. I mean, essentially, that's all you want from a all comedy I wanted, special. Man.
1: So he he gained a a a more uh, ravenous fan. I wouldn't say ravenous, but a uh, I, he added to his fan club with me. I'm, I'm on okay. the lookout for things Shane Gillis now. I've seen him on other podcasts. You know, I, I frequent the comedy podcast scene and see him pop up. And he was always, you know, he he did what I want him to do as a guest. You know, you show up, you
0: make some jokes. You yeah. you know, he does have a little. It's a very acerbic like. I don't know what that word means, Michael. <laughs> like, like almost, uh, it, it's almost like a he has like a like a bully comedy style. Like, oh, he, yeah. like he bullies you into the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: that's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah, yeah. He says "dude" a lot too, which I always like.
0: I'm like, dude, it's
1: not like that at all, dude. <laughs> I like people to say "dude." Uh, yeah. So, what do you give it? I would rate it. Oh, I don't have a reference to the show, so I'm just going to give it um, 7,000 lightsabers. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I couldn't think of a reference that quickly. (laughs) You know the grading scale here, Michael. (laughs) It could be 7,000 out of something. Only 7,003. Who knows? But no, I I did enjoy it, though. I'm on the lookout for all things old Shane Gillis. And apparently he's still making uh, skits on YouTube. And because I guess he's you know successful comedian now, the production sure. of those has gone up, and he gets to do his own thing, which I truly support. Anytime you don't get to have a boss tell you what to do or have any Shit, say yeah. on your creative outlet... The only person that I don't even really answer to is Michael over here. And, you know, that's, we, the bar's pretty low for us. (laughs) Most most things are a yes. Right, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) When I talk about a movie that came out 70 years ago, let's do it and act like it's brand new (laughs) that
0: eight people have
1: seen. Let's talk about box office flop after box office flop.
0: I mean, really, the whole premise is like, let's just record the conversation that we're going to be having anyway. Pretty much. (laughs) So, um, I won't talk
1: about the next movie, but uh, Angie's son came into town over the holidays, I forgot to mention. Uh um, He saw Silence of the Lambs for the first time. Oh, my God. Yeah, he wasn't as reactionary as I thought, but it was still cool to see him, the scene where he escapes from his pen or whatever. Oh, Uh, yeah, where he strings the guy up. and uh, Yeah, and all that. He was like, what the? So (laughs) That's cool. And I made him watch the... uh, the goodbye horse. I was like, "Why?" Because he was playing on his phone, which I get. You're at the house, that's right. why you don't go to a movie theater. Right, right, right. I was like, oh, what? You got to watch this part, though. And I'm not. I try to not ever be the person that's like, hey, "Watch this! Watch this!" Right, like, right. Smack him in the face. Yeah, like, you're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss it. I was like, "You're missing the best part." <laughs> he looks up, and Buffalo Bill is tucking just this. He goes, "What the hell is this?"
0: But that is the best part of the movie. It though. is. It's like. It's, it's most
1: amazing. revealing about the character for sure of Buffalo Bill. <laughs> for Bell. sure. Like in the physical sense and where he's at mentally. So Yeah. Plus we all do it. Plus that movie's just great. <laughs> um take a shot every time he doesn't blink. <laughs> Ooh, goodness. Yeah, I know, right. No, you won't. <laughs> um the other movie I watched though, and we've I think I've mentioned it, this is my favorite of the ones I've seen. I don't think I've seen them all, but this
0: is my favorite Martin Scorsese movie. Ooh casino man i like it better oh, than goodfellas personally really i do i do why is that just a little bit more slick a little bit nah, more man just because fucking ray Liotta snitches at the end bro <laughs> fucking joe pesci takes a bat to the
1: brains and <laughs> yeah the whole scene at the very end is graphic but i don't know i just like casino better for some reason and i realize like i always thought she was good in that movie but she won an oscar for it so i can't give her the underrated performance of the week right. but sharon stone really is incredible in that movie oh bro. yeah dude like
0: just oh, is, sl- is that is that the one where uh,
1: she keeps hooking up with James Woods behind Robert De Niro's back?
0: Yeah, but he yeah. but he accuses Joe Pesci. He's like, "Did you fuck my wife?"
1: No, he finds out pretty quickly, and he's like, "If if that's who I think it is, then we're all in a lot of trouble." Uh-huh. Okay, it's just the whole situation in Las Vegas just becomes unravelled because the bosses back you know I'm quoting the movie now. The bosses back home don't go for that kind of shit, right? So, messing with each other's wives and stuff, so. But it's, she's so good in that movie, just the way that you you feel for her in a weird way, because she is trapped, because she was promised certain things by Ace, and all he sure. asked was, but she also signed up to a contract that she knew she wasn't going to fulfill. She knew that she wasn't ready to be anything for this guy. Not that, you know, even Ace said that, like, well, I don't love you. He's like, well, the love comes. It comes with respect, as long right. as we respect each other. Right, right, right. So she knew that it was a business move, and he did, too. But she just wanted more, and he was retracting more and you know and business like, deal falls apart yeah, right yeah she still has her vices and she's not willing to let that go and yeah she did yeah. yeah and she's she's phenomenal in that movie though man i forget how like just beautiful she is just as just a person oh yeah and just how talented she is and just how well she works that role just to watch her slowly become unraveled to the point where she all she wants to do is get the jewelry out of the box that's it it's like her <laughs> whole motivation yeah. she yeah. rolls up and trashes his car in front of the cops and he's like, "Are you not going to do anything about this? You're not going to do anything about this? It's <laughs> like, "We'll we'll we'll get her for speeding in a minute, <laughs>
0: in a minute. <laughs> we'll get her up the block, don't worry, or whatever." She's obviously like. hysterical. Let's let her calm down yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on <Yeah>. your car.
1: <laughs> he goes they're trying to uh, a cop escort her through the house when she's on one of her episodes. Yeah, <laughs> he's like throwing cash at her. Here, take this. He's like, "I can't, ma'am. Yes, you can. Please take this."
0: So uh, yeah, but now that it's movie's uh, pretty built. I love uh, I love the scene where they catch the guys cheating. And they oh, smash yeah. the guy's hand with a hammer, and they're like, which wh- which hand do you, you deal cards with? Can you deal cards with your left? Yeah, which hand do you write checks with? You're right. So you're all righty. Yeah, and he nods at him. Bam, bam, bam. And then see? he just puts the guy's head to the table. Was like, you see that? We're going to do that to your Next time you and your friend come in here, we're cutting them off.
1: Yeah. He's like, you see that saw? We are not afraid to use it. Yeah, no, that's a great scene. The guy that has his um his feet up on the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's actually one of Joe Pesci's goons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes over to uh, Robert De Niro's casino and props his feet on the table. He's asking him on the phone. He's like, he's very sorry. Would you let him back in? He's like, if he does anything like that again, he's out for life. No questions. Okay. He hangs up the phone, Joe Pesci. Did you tell my friend to go fuck himself? (laughs) (laughs) You you took your boots off and propped your feet on his table. Did you? He starts walloping with his phone. phone. (laughs) Just Just repeatedly. (laughs) You motherfucker, you. (laughs) My favorite line, and Joe Pesci is also. I like him better in this movie because he's just. Oh, he's a, a maniac. He's, he's, he's a, a maniac. wild man. That dude yeah. is a ratted fucking dog. I can't say. I mean, I I'm try, We're trying not to swear as much on the podcast, but you can't talk casino and not. Right. But he's like, oh, he, he goes to Ace's house after the the FBI starts to pinch him or whatever, and the one of his Ace uh, Robert De Niro's having a meeting with one of the bankers that Joe Pesci knows. And he's like, I think, uh, I think I want my money. He's asking about why his money's frozen. He's like, right. you know you know what this is. You're going to have to take a loss. You, know, you can't do the things you do and not expect to take a loss. He says, I think I want my money back. <laughs> he's like, are you kidding me? What are you going to do, muscle me? He goes, I'll tell you what I do. I'm going to go down to your bank, and I'm going to ask for my money back, and then I'll crack your fucking head open. <laughs> and by the time you're getting out of your coma... I'm going to be getting out of jail and I'm going to crack your head wide open again. Why? He said, because I'm I'm fucking stupid. stupid. I don't give a shit about jail, (laughs)
0: which is the most gangster shit to say to somebody. (laughs) You can't argue with that. Like, dude, I'm that fucking dense. I'll make the same mistake again. And not give a fuck. Just like, to straight shit, up, Okay. Well, just to straight up say because I'm stupid. <laughs> looks like I owe you some money, sir. Yeah. He's like, what do you? Would you t- how would you like those denoted? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and also, he, he breaks down his. He's like, and Nikki had a who's um, uh, Joe Pesci's right. character's name is Nikki and Robert De Niro's Ace. He said, and Nikki had a foolproof plan out in Vegas. He said, when he hit, he collected. When he didn't, he told the bookies to go fuck themselves. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it is—it's simple. It is a foolproof plan. And he says, "What are they going to do, muscle Nikki? Nikki is the muscle." <laughs> it's just like, brilliance, yeah, brilliance, great movie. Uh, I like that one, but it's—the ending is very violent and yeah, it is uh, incredibly violent. Oh my god, it's not—not uh, not for the squeamish to watch. And uh, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the problems of the Las Vegas at that time got settled with uh, in the desert. You know, <laughs> a lot of berries outside of yeah. Vegas. He said, "You want to?" <laughs> what did he say? When I like how they switch back narration as well. How it goes from um, Robert De Niro, right? To Nikki to Ace to yeah, and only at one point there's a third narrator. Um, I forget his name, um, but it's when he asks him to. He's back at home with the bosses in Kansas City, okay. and the bosses ask him, "Do you know if Nikki is sleeping with Ace's wife?" And I forget the character's name. He's the white-haired guy who ends up beating Nikki. He's in a lot of Scorsese's movies. Right, right, right. Shout out to you. You, You're snap famous. and (laughs) It's our our honest pleasure here at What You've Been Watching to know your face but not care to Google. (laughs) Because I didn't think I was going to bring you up in this moment and I don't want to pause the podcast. Well, you know who you are. He narrates it. You know who you are. He narrates it for just a moment. And he says, he's like, what was I going to do? I don't want to lie. If if I lie to him, now I'm roped up. But if I tell the truth... Them yeah. snitching on Nikki. Yeah. Right. yeah. And he's like, so he was like, so what do I do? And he lies to the bosses. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a little trivia question that may come up later. How many yeah. people narrate in the movie Casino? That's right. Good idea. Uh, so keep locked keep, it in. Yeah. So um, I dig that movie a lot, though, man. Sweet. And yeah, there's a graphic scene involving a vice as well, which I'll just omit for the squeamish oh, crowd. Oh, God. Out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is funny that what he says to him, he's like, you made me do this to you <laughs> over this effing guy. That's right. <laughs> he's like, he's so mad at him for making him take these most violent and brutal of steps. He's like, you're trying to cover for this effing guy.
0: Uh, uh, Joe Pesci is a fucking animal in that. Yeah. He's, Anyways, he's
1: phenomenal, too. So what do you um, give it? I will give it uh, 77 sevens in a row. 77. Making myself... A millionaire in the process, when they asked me what I did with the money, I said, I bought my mama a car, and I spent the rest on PCP. <laughs> 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 on that
0: note, um, I think we're going to take a break real quick. Yeah, man, let's do it. We, we, got, are... uh, we got one more thing we got to talk about. and uh, no, this uh, is a big one, too. I must say that there can be only one thing that we have to talk about. We're going to take a break, but before we go,
1: we want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Brilliance, radiance, composure, hater, immortality, a new fragrance by Ramirez. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, just a real quick note. We do need to address why we were having that break. A thunderstorm rolled in. We're going to do our best to edit around it. But if you hear rumblings in the background, that's why.
1: Yeah. uh, The
0: quickening is happening Ah! right before us. Uh, Hello, and welcome back from our sponsors. Immortality by Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. When you want to smell like an Egyptian Spaniard with a Scottish accent, accept nothing less. Immortality.
1: <laughs> Shout out to the Godfather for pitching us that. He, uh, he, he did something wonderful, and he hit us up on the Facebook Messenger and slid in our DMs Ooh. and just sent us a picture of uh, Sean Connery dressed as Ramirez. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about how fly he looks here in a little bit. I might
0: make it the image for this episode, quite yeah, frankly. It's, it's, it's fly.
1: He's got red leather with suede and peacock feathers as a cape. <laughs>
0: He's got the heaviest eyeshadow out here, looking like Prince and whatnot.
1: And quite frankly, I'm more than surprised that we haven't talked about this movie sooner. Because Michael's been chomping at the bit, and, uh, <laughs> fought him off, uh, but he's he's talked about it and slid it in enough episodes where we are finally going to do it after all this time. We are going to talk about what has won the Academy Award for the greatest movie of all time, 1986, The Highlander.
0: Here we are. Here we are. Born to be kings. Yes, sir. We're the princes of the universe.
1: <laughs> he wanted to go so loud on that. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Michael's ready to blow eardrums on that one. Uh, he respects you people and listeners. Uh, well, man, I'll Unlike be... you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I, no, no, no respect for nobody. Shout out, by the way, shout out to uh, my coworker, Randy. Thanks for listening, buddy. I appreciate it. He gave me some tips, and I appreciate it, buddy. Um, but no... Michael loves, I mean, this is a movie that's high in our esteem. So, Michael, you're going to hear a little bit of notes rattling. We're going to oh. try to keep this as professional as we can.
0: Pages of notes. Yeah. So,
1: um, bear with us. We're really excited to do this. So, Michael, if there was ever a time that you were to talk too much on an episode, uh huh, this is the one that I want you to do it. Yes, sir. So, hit me with it.
0: Okay. Highland it up, buddy. I'm here. Today, we are talking about 1986's Highlander, starring Christopher Lambert, Roxanne Hart, the incomparable Clancy Brown, and one Sean Connery. Directed by Russell Mulcahy. I think I'm pronouncing it right. He asked questioningly. That's a privilege (laughs) to get
1: get your name butchered by us. It means we care.
0: And uh, created by uh, Gregory Wyden. Uh, who, interestingly enough, wrote this script when he was an undergraduate in UCLA and he handed it in to his professor and the professor was like, you need to get this to an agent, which he did and turned into a spec script and it kind of wallowed in production limbo wow. for a while. But uh, What do they
1: call it? Um, not not black. It's a green light. Green No, green light's when you get the money for it and everything. Right, right, right. There's a list that's... Whatever. There's a list that goes around where there's like always these spec scripts that it's like, oh, these test really well against all the producers and stuff. Right. Like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish, God. So not blacklist.
0: But no, 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 no. Oh. Like that.
1: That's going to bug We're the shit gonna... out of me. Anyway, if I wasn't talking some, about There's it, some can...
0: cinema nerd out there is just screaming into his yeah, goddamn absolutely. radio right now. Yeah, write us <laughs> in at what you've been
1: watching podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook. Dear Ash Faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, anyways, yeah. Well, good on them for that whoever the professor was for recognizing greatness and not stealing somebody else's shit. Right,
0: right. Like <laughs> some anonymous student turned this in. If only I knew. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Seemed to be fumbling your mail. <laughs> uh yeah, it came out in 1986 and was underwhelmingly appreciated, I want to say. Like it did okay, but uh Essentially, the budget for the movie was like nineteen and a half million, and it made how much do you think
1: in box office? Yeah, I'm gonna say like twelve.
0: Ooh, good guess. Twelve point eight. Damn, I'm so good at box office shit. Michael. Twelve point eight. Yeah, so not exactly what you would call a success, but it did find. Uh, a, sort of a rejuvenation and a cult following with the, you know, as VHS tapes became more available and, and sort of the widespread of blockbuster, Hollywood video, movie, gal- you know, the, the, right. the video rental places. So, did really, really well enough to where they've sort of released various various versions of of the movie periodically, like once every like five to ten years, there'll there'll be a new box set of of the Highlander, you know, with updated HD or or new soundtrack or not new soundtrack, but like a remastered soundtrack, uh behind the scenes, you know, various things that were released only in Holland or only in, in Germany or whatever. Um, and it's done pretty well. It's it's spawned multiple movies we'll get into those will we <laughs> oh oh yes we will yes
1: damn I, I signed up to to talk about highlander one am well, i just about to shoehorn in a bunch of you stuff you can't talk I'm about
0: joking. highlander one without talking about i think you can the failures of highlander two and sort of where it went from there i think you can i just don't think you're willing
1: to. <laughs> no i'm not But it's all good this is your platform buddy if only we had a play michael's like thought or sat around thinking like if only i had a platform to just talk everything i want to about highlander
0: <laughs> oh wait <laughs> i do have a platform you might as well just queue up it's a kind of magic because we're just yeah, go gonna ahead, put this buddy. shit in go ahead uh yeah so it, it spawned a, a lot a lot of movies with diminishing returns uh a Two different television series, an anime series, animated movies, a couple of different video games. So it's a pretty lucrative uh, franchise, and there's been an, it, it again. It's the the. Reboot uh, rights have sort of been in limbo for a long time, but it looks like we finally might have some thrust on that coming up here in the next year. Allegedly, Henry Cavill is set to reboot the movie, so we'll see how that goes. I've
1: heard such rumors. And yeah, I, think, I believe this one. Usually, it's just kind of there's certain things that oh, they're
0: doing another Friday movie.
1: It's like I'll believe it when I see it.
0: Right, right, right. But so. it, there's enough facts and 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 not just mere speculation to back that up. Like right. it, it by all intents and purposes. They haven't started filming yet, but it looks like they're moving forward pretty rapidly at this point. Hell so, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's get into it. Basic plot line. Connor MacLeod is an immortal born in the highlands of Scotland in the uh, 450 years or 500 years ago, something like that. Uh, he's an immortal. He cannot die unless you cut off his head. And now he is set to do battle in the modern world with the greatest enemy he's ever known. Maybe one of the greatest villains of all time. Quite possibly, easily one of the best sixty-four.
1: I have the the chart. <laughs> <could>, need to. <laughs> he post did it make the way. list. Yeah. That's right. It's definitively one of the greatest sixty-four yep. villains of all time. I think he made it to thirty-two though. Which there's been at least like one hundred and twenty movies ever made. <laughs> so yeah, that probably sounds about right. Top twenty percent. Maybe one twenty-five, <laughs> one thirty, <130, laughs> something like that. Top twenty
0: percent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah. So basically it was it was created by this guy, Gregory Wyden, who wrote it as a spec script or, or as a basically as an assignment at UCLA. Um and he was influenced by two things. He took a trip to Scotland and uh or I'm sorry, to to London and saw all the armoury and the the, the weapons and, and suits of armor and, and sort of clothing and, and rigmarole of the Scottish Highlands and was sort of really impressed with that. And he had the idea of like, what if I was an immortal that was like, my job was to just walk people through my life and be like, Oh, I wore this at the battle of, you know, Glenn in 1403. I wore this at the battle of, you know, Waterloo, you know, so basically just giving tourists a, a a tour of his life. Like what if Elvis was walking you through Graceland or something like that? That's kind
1: of cool actually.
0: Yeah. Uh, He's like filled in the blanks of, but how do I get there kind of thing? Well, the other thing that influenced him was he saw a movie by Ridley Scott called The Duelists. Ah, Uh, it came out in 1977, I believe. Let me see. Yeah, 1977. And it takes place during the Napoleonic Wars. And basically, it's the story of two officers on opposite sides of the war. Uh, Harvey Keitel and Keith Carradine is the other guy. And so, basically, they have a series of duels that last over several decades of their life, and and they the, the the duel is is always sort of intervened or sort of there's always some like dusty finish to it to where like there's not a clear winner, and so they keep finding ways and uh, uh, reasons to to reignite the duel over like decades. But it's always of their
1: life. on on site, as the kids say. Basically, it's yeah, on site. yeah,
0: they come strapped, ready to clap. <laughs>
1: So it's like if The Prestige wasn't filled with a bunch of pussy magicians. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. That's an inside joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's sort of a brief history of the how we got to the making of the movie. So I just want to know, like, I love this movie personally. It was a huge part of my life growing up because I think I've said this before. It just it hit the right spot when I was really into... A how movies were made. Like I, I was finally starting to recognize like what makes a good movie and why I like the things I like. And also like I was really into swords and Arthurian legends. And you, you know, did
1: you were really into Excalibur and shit like that? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Which also is a great movie. Go it's, watch that. Yeah, if you have three and a half hours.
1: By the way, this this podcast. If we had the time to, we probably could have cut and edited. Because we've brought up, you have brought up the highlights, <laughs> probably in two-minute segments over. I don't know. It's probably made its way into fifteen episodes. Oh, at least. So there's probably thirty minutes that you have heard at one point <laughs> that we're going to talk about. So bear with us for all you you diehard fans that have listened to every episode. Thank you, first off, and secondly, right. bear with us. We're this is we're assimilating and uh, uh what is what's the word I'm looking for? Collecting all. Like,
0: Highlander info into right, one place right, now. Right, right, Compiling, yeah. yeah. Compiling, that was the word there you I was before, yeah, yeah. Do you mean the Dudley brothers are going to repeat a conversation <laughs> they've That's had right. 16 times before? <laughs>
1: oh, yes. Um, but no, um I know you were really into it. No, I've mentioned this. The reason I even said what I just said is because I know I've, I've said this on the podcast mm-hmm. before. Um You were the father to my game on a lot of things. When I was young, I, I told the story about when we were playing on the playground. No matter what we were playing, it was my best friend at the time was this kid, Seth Hubbard, Seth mm. Rico. And um, I would always sing, like, Highlander, the TV show, was out. Mm-hmm. So, I have no rivals, I have... I would always sing that to, like, get us hype, because we didn't know any other, like, hype music. it's like that or the FSU war chant, which just looked stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So like I don't know, I was it was we would go and we weren't even playing Highlander. We were playing something else. We be like, oh, we need ant music." And we're like, I don't know a song. And we like, "Do the do the one song."
0: Like, "All right. So I'd sing it a lot. <laughs> Say the line, Bart. Yeah, Say exactly, the line." <laughs>
1: exactly. So um I I mean, I always dug it. I always thought it was really cool lore. I mean, I think it's a really cool um you su- call it a franchise. Just the intellectual property itself is mm-hmm.
0: is very cool and it's original. Um Now, did, did you get into the television series first, and then the movie, or yes. or what was the progress? It there? was
1: TV show first with okay. uh, Duncan McLeod. Yeah, yeah, Adrian Paul. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was it first, and then I I remember you. I, I was pretty young. I mean, the movie came out in eighty six. I was born in eighty six. Right, right, right. So um
0: I mean, of course, you whatever we all get into stuff retroactively at some point. Yeah,
1: I mean that's I mean that's why I'm into the Temptations. Like it's yeah. still
0: good today. They're classics for a reason, for sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Everyone wants
1: to gatekeep stuff. It's like it's good music. That's why I like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it's right. still good. I Hate to tell you, right? But um, I wasn't. I didn't wait till I was like eighteen or something. I I saw the Highland. I was, I was probably like eleven or twelve. It sure. wasn't like that much later in my life that sure. I saw it. Um, and I dug it. I remember watching it the first time, and I was like, not thinking I was going to know anything about it because it wasn't Duncan McLeod And I watched the TV show. We only had one TV, so if Michael wanted to watch the Highlander, like guess what? That's why I, I watched whatever that Jessica Alba show was at one point too. Um, Angel. Or, oh, Dark Angel. Dark Angel, yeah. Oh, shout out to Jessica Alba. <laughs> um, I miss you. I know, well, she's doing her thing, I'm sure. But um, so I that was kind of my intro to it, and then I watched the movie, and I I remember liking the movie the very first time I saw it. Sure. And uh, many years later, it was always kind of like once every couple years, I would talk about it with somebody, oh, the fucking Highlander, and we watched it with some regularity, not like it wasn't in heavy rotation, right? but it was like, oh, shit, we are watching the Highlander, it was like...
0: Yeah, if it, if we were scrolling channels or something like that, and it was on, or like... Yeah, we
1: had a bootleg tape of it, too. So <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't in heavy rotation like the Pest or Half-Baked for me, but like there's only four movies that ever yeah. really make that. But it did
0: show up like regularly yeah. on, on our yeah. movie watching schedule.
1: And one of my favorite things to do was there was a joke, and this is where actually the joke we made about um, about Highlander being the greatest movie ever comes from a movie called Talladega Nights yeah. where um, Ricky Bobby played by Will Ferrell makes a joke about with the Frenchman, um, Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, Also, we gave you The Highlander. He's like, The Highlander, what is this? He's like, it's only the greatest movie ever made. It won an Oscar for greatest movie ever made or whatever. (laughs) So that's where that joke kind of comes from. And around that time, a really good friend of mine, uh, Ben was uh stand at the house a lot with me and i we would go to goodwill all the time right and we would just buy vhs because they were like 50 cents and we we're like yo you've never seen we'd get like the crow on vhs just the oh yeah of, the of course attic. yeah yeah i got star trek one two and three on vhs i found the original star wars on vhs for like three bucks like, oh, yeah i'll take that
0: i got the entire vhs godfather box set one two and three it's like seven tapes oh
1: you have that that's mine
0: no, I bought it at Goodwill, sir. No, I
1: think I did. I think you're crossing streams here, but it's okay. As long as it's safe. Well, that's how I remember it. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I went all radio flyer on your ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, after Talladega Nights had came out, I, we were up at Goodwill, and they had Highlander director's cut. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yo, Ben, we got to watch this, because we were on some old bullshit. That's, he's the same person I tell the story about Star Trek two and Star Trek three when he minds meld with. Spock, right. like, we lost our fucking minds. Right, right, the right. The tape broke. He had never, he, I bring up the Highlander. And I was like, yo, they got the director's cut of Highlander. And I'm doing me being super hyped as an adult, <laughs> like, getting excited about what flavor Kool Aid they have in the aisle. <laughs> I'm like, they got the charcoal berry fin. And everyone's like, you're 30, calm down. <laughs> and Ben, Ben was like, yo, I." he looked at the back of the box and was like, I've actually never seen this. And it was immediately like, this is going to, this last. is happening. Going to the house. Right and i remember we put it on and he was blown away he was like like uniron like much how like a lot of people feel about face off like unironically this movie fucking rules
0: i understand like, that completely yeah yeah like
1: <laughs> he, he doesn't say unironically but he's like no 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 like i can you can make jokes about it because it there's certain aspects of it like don't hold up sure. but they also completely hold up in a weird way yeah you know he saw this in probably 2007 8 something like that sure. 9 whatever in the aughts or whatever and um yeah and he he genuinely and so that is one of the things that i associated with and then after that point him and i watched that movie with much more regularity. <laughs> <laughs> and we hey, did we watch that
0: sword and uh, uh, c- people cutting their heads off movie again <laughs> yeah,
1: dude, he fell in love with that movie it was like oh yeah under rules and i don't Bootsy had claimed he had seen it but he didn't see it and so then we sat <laughs> him down Shout out to little bro boots. He might have watched it, but I don't ever believe him. So he, <laughs> on anything, <laughs> yeah, he sat down and watched it, and he fell in love with it. And um, at the time, I was still drinking, and that's when we came up with Michael and I did it when we we watched the movie together recently. Mm-hmm. Actually, Michael came over and uh, had some uh, for the new year, and had some delicious grub with us, and we sat down and watched the Highlander. That's right. And uh, I told him, I said, "What we used to do," and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast as well, is we used to take a sip of beer. We started with a shot, but then we realized we were going to die. <laughs> so you would just do a sip of beer, like not just like a ooh, kiss it with your lips and like. No, but like a normal like, sweat. Yeah, yeah like not, a, not su- a deep one, not, yeah, a, not yeah, a chug. Just, just, yeah. like a, just
0: like you're talking with your friends, having a sip of beer. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and just take a sip of beer every time you see sparks. Oh, good Lord.
1: And I think Michael and I, without yeah. actually doing the research, it's at the minimum with this movie, at the very minimum. You you start off real heavy, you are probably get like two beers in to the beginning
0: within the first 20 within minutes within the first
1: like 20 minutes you're like two beers in and then there's a pretty much a lull where i think you take a couple sips here and there sure and then by the end at the bare minimum you're drinking a, a sixer and oh, on, the, on, on i, the I high, would argue
0: i would argue much more than that
1: i'm, I'm saying depending on right. what you call a sip on the on the high end you're drinking 10 to 12 <laughs> easy <laughs> yeah. easy 12 yeah. seems like you would have to be doing pretty aggressive sips but
0: like, yeah yeah
1: but you could you, i could see like yeah if somebody did that game and they were a true drinker oh
0: i would say you're killing at least eight beers on average ab- like, yeah i'd say the average is about eight beers. sure like normal person taking a sip of beer yeah you're killing eight beers that was the math idea. every time within two hours mind you yeah because so. it i mean i think the movie tops out at like 111 minutes or something like that so it's it's I'm just your barely that. yeah so
1: yeah, no, but that was a game. If if you're a drinker and you're still young enough to where you can do shit like that, have at it because it's it's a fun game to do. It's a lot like
0: here's a bigger challenge: do a shot of heroin every time. <laughs> As we used it's to say, this one, challenge to the extreme. One half
1: of what you've been watching does not always support the other half of what you been watching. But anyway,s moving ahead. Um, yeah, so that's, that was a, the spark drinking game that we used to play back in the day, and we learned, like I said, we started with a shot, and then like the first 20 minutes, we're like, oh, we're obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way you're doing this. I think we both got like four shots in, and we're like, oh, shit, we haven't even finished the first shot, like the, the first fight scene yet. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, right it's when we intense. stopped, it was like he started swinging it and sparks are going off cars and lights and we're like okay thank god
0: so, <laughs> we got to change yeah. the rules here <laughs> yeah, yeah we got to
1: switch or not this go around of the movie we'll let's increase
0: the handicap as they yeah, would say
1: yeah. <laughs> so that's a, a fun game to play so um yeah but no i i do dig the movie a lot though so i'm a big fan of the highlander and again there's, there's a weird aspect of it is it's really it's not trying to be but it's still really campy it doesn't have that great of cgi even for when it came out oh no like, no, no, no it serves its purpose it doesn't necessarily take you out of the film but there's parts of it that don't hold up but it still somehow holds together like fucking glue it's like an old reliable Cadillac you like, <laughs> once you pump that gas enough time and it gets running once you pump that gas enough times and you hear it turn over you're you're riding man so yeah
0: exactly exactly you know, yeah 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 there's for all that it lacks and you can kind of tell where and just I read an interview where Clancy Brown kind of talked about this how like when he signed on, he thought the script was brilliant. He was trying to make the best movie possible. And then during the whole process, the producers kept cutting corners and, you know, trying to save costs and stuff like that. And so he kind of consider- considers it that, like, the actors were doing their best to make the best movie and the producers were doing their best to make a cheap movie. And so there is admittedly a lot of that. Like, you can kind of tell where they cut corners, where... I wouldn't even call it CGI. I think they actually just hand animated onto like, like when the quickening happens, you know, like, like when they finally cut off when the immortals meet and they cut off one of their heads. And then there's this huge surge of power and like electricity and, and, and energy flowing out of their decapitated head and into the other guy. Like it literally looks like, they drew on the film, you know, like it's it's very hand animated. You can see wires when uh, Christopher Lambert,
1: which I don't know. Do we ever explain the how it works? Oh no, we never. Yeah, let's... I'm glad you asked. Yeah, because... It, well, first off, they don't do they don't do a great job of explaining it. But like the basic premise of it, you we don't have to necessarily get into how the quickening works unless you want to. But
0: just like what is the premise of it is ultimately there's a bunch of immortals running around and so. So, the premise of Highlander is is that there are immortals that walk among us. Again, the only way that they can be killed, and they state in the movie, is that they have to be killed by another immortal. They have to have their head cut off. Other than that, they can regenerate. They can survive almost anything. Like I said, anything other than like... Decapitation. The, or, or, as shown in the movie, injuries to the neck or throat or, you know head area so um they let's see what else can they do they can sense other immortals they they get sort of a they don't really discuss what it is in the in the movie like in the movie they just sort of do that long stare off thing and they the the camera sort of pans out to to sort of show that they're feeling something in the television series they sort of explain that it's a, a feeling of nausea headache dizziness like like you you can sort of they can feel other immortals around them they may not be able to pinpoint them right but it sort of makes it harder for one immortal to sneak up on another one and like cut their head off in the dark of night or something like that right isn't it also like there's some kind of cosmic draw to one another like yes yes so part of they call it the quickening which is basically the game that they play in in terms of there can be only one so at some point, all the immortals feel a draw to a, a, in the movie they say, a faraway land. It turns out to be New York City, where they're all going to meet and fight to have one one final winner. And he will inherit the prize, which is all power, you know, omniscience, whatever. Like One with nature, spirit. He's like, I know everything. Right. I am everything. Yeah. I can feel everything at once. As they, again, as they, they expand on it in the television series to where it's sort of, you can influence the mind of others, you can sort of feel emotions of others, you can, uh, but also part of the prize is that you can finally uh, age, you're, you, you, you become mortal, and you can have children, which is one thing that immortals can't do.
1: Oh, damn. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's the other thing I was going to say in this movie, is they don't really explain any of that. And I know they, they touch on it. They don't do a good sure. enough I know that the lore gets deeper in the T V show because I had more time to explain it. Sure. But I also understand that like in the T V show and other movies, the more immortals that you have killed as an immortal, like the more powerful you are. Right. So if you have right. like thirteen thousand killed and right. the other person has like five hundred, then
0: you are like faster, more powerful, stronger, faster. better. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah like exactly. Yeah. And and also like within the television series, they also expand on you. Once you cut off another mortal's head, you also not only absorb their power, like their strength, but you also tend to to tend to receive their memories, their knowledge, and parts of their personality. So, if somebody spent fi- you know five hundred years learning how to make clay pottery, now all of a sudden you're a whiz at making clay, clay pottery. You know, yeah, so, they definitely don't talk about that in the movie. No, 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 they don't it, really even talk.
1: They just they mention the gift, and they're like, "It's the gift," and it's it's the quickening and then you're, I'm in
0: tune with the animals and the birds. Basically Ramirez just tells Connor that (laughs) you, you absorb their strength and power. Yeah. So, and and that's, that's the only line that they mention about what you actually receive once you cut off another immortal's head. Yeah.
1: Which we'll talk about Ramirez, but.
0: Oh, we can just get into it. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, so yeah. Haggish, what is this? Sounds revolting.
1: Sean, there's a, also, I'm not trying, I want to give credit because we've made the joke on here a bunch. Um, there's a joke in Rick and Morty where uh, Rick brings up the Highlander, uh-huh. and he he mentions Sean Connery, who's obviously a famed Scotsman, uh, very he, Scottish, the most famous of Scotsmen probably to ever you know uh,
0: you know him, William Wallace, uh, no, Jerry Butler,
1: whatever, <laughs> but um, famed Scotsman here nor there, and uh, at one point he, he the joke in Rick and Morty is he goes he plays in an Egyptian Spaniard. Who speaks like a Scotsman, and they do nothing about his nope. accent. They don't even address nope. it, and so that's where that it's a thousand percent true what they say in that cartoon. <laughs> they don't they don't address it. You're just like, oh yeah, he's an Egyptian Spaniard who also has a Japanese sword, which with also, a Scottish accent. Which also okay. it's
0: it's Christopher Lambert who, by the way, spoke about six words of English before he started the movie. Oh really? Oh yeah. He literally three months before. Uh, Three months before they started filming, he went to go work on his sword work and his Scottish accent, and that was it. And like, so they have a, I think he's Belgian or French or something like that. His stories, I remember you read it at one point. Like he was born in, in New York, but he lived in, like they moved to Belgium or France when he was like six months old, and then he grew up there, spoke no English whatsoever, and the director literally saw a picture of him in a French film. I think it was uh, Grey Stoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. He spoke no English and was like, that's my dude who I want to play that's my Scottish hero. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't let anybody deter your dream, man. God damn not right. On, not one. So, but they get uh, Sean Connery to, to – so basically, plot-wise, uh, Conra Cloud is born into the Scottish Highlands – he is killed by the Kurgan during a battle played by Clancy, Clancy Brown, who is an immortal. He has his first death, which in Highlander lore triggers your your immortality. So from that point, you you are ageless. You can't be infected by disease, poisons, can't whatever. Drown, like, can't anything, can't yeah. drown. Any of that stuff. Heal quickly. Whatever, whatever. Unless they cut off your head. Uh he is thrown out by his Scottish clan because he revives from death. and they he's the call, devil. Yeah. It's the devil's work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thrown out by his clan. He meets uh, Juan Ramirez, played by S- Sean Connery, <laughs> who tells him the rules of the game. You know, here's the rules. You're, you're an immortal. You've got to cut off people's heads. You can't fight on holy grounds. You know, there can be only one, whatever, whatever, whatever. So Juan Ramirez is an Egyptian who at some point moved to Japan and learned how to use a katana, Mm -hmm. then moved to Spain and became an ambassador for the King of Spain, and the whole time talks with a Scottish accent. Yes. At one point, Christopher Lambert, in his very thick Belgian accent, talks about haggis, and Sean Connery, I shit you not, ass, haggish, what is this? It sounds revolting.
1: I can't do Sean Connery unless I say the word "stood" first. Stand. I say "stood," There's Anyways. nothing wrong with an open hand slap. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. But it all kind of works together. And he dresses... Like an absolute baller, Sean oh. Connery. Like I said, we, we were joking about it earlier. He has like red leather with suede, white suede and yeah. a peacock feather cape. He's so baller in it, man. That's why when uh, we got the the photo sent by the Godfather himself,
0: I was like, man, if there was an essence, a cologne that could, <laughs> that could embody <laughs> what this man is. so um, He's not just dressed like a 1970s pimp. He's dressed like a 1970s pimp and a 1770s pimp. <laughs>
1: The year seventeen pimp. I don't know. (laughs) It is the oldest profession. That's right. Um, Anyways, um, yeah, his fashion statement is uh, is baller, to say the least. Yeah. And you were talking about all the, uh, excuse me, to touch on a couple things earlier. You had said that like the actors were trying to make it a quality movie, and the direct and the uh, producers were trying to cut corners. Sure. Anybody who's listening to any of what you've been watching ever knows that there's a couple things that I love here, and Bad ADR is one of them. Oh, my and God. This movie Marcus, have thrilled. I got a movie for you. Yeah, this movie is some Bad ADR, which I love personally, and part of it is because Clancy Brown, who more on him in just a moment, accolades to come, Right, um, his voice is so low. And he's like, "Oh, woman, Highlander!" It just grumbles his way through it. That you just ADR over him making noises, (laughs) guttural noises, and he does quite often. Same thing with Christopher Lambert. You can tell that he didn't enunciate the English properly, and so he'll be saying it one way, and then like in the ADR, it's more clear. But you can look at the camera or what he, what he's doing on camera. But like, there's no way that he enunciated. Oh like yeah, that. you you like, can
0: tell that on screen he's talking in a normal voice, and then the ADR is
1: he's talking in a low whisper,
0: trying to sound mysterious. Yeah,
1: like everyone talks in this guttural, like very close to this. Yeah, and it's like there's no way that got picked up. <laughs> there's just there's no way. It's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. You, except for on the very final shot when he zooms in and he's like, there can be only one. Because he's like right next to the camera.
0: Oh, because yeah. they had a microphone literally yeah. <laughs> shoved up underneath his throat. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love how every time that they use like the swords clanging, it's the exact same sound every yeah. single time. They recorded like five sword sounds. I and know, they like... used them ad nauseum. Yep.
1: Same thing with the sparks explosion. It's the same. Sound. It's like three... They. Pulled the trigger on it three times, and then was like, all right, we got it. Loop it, loop it, loop it. <laughs> Right. If metal hits metal, it's the same as a sword hitting a car as a sword would another right. sword. A
0: hit is the same thing as a block, is the same thing yep. as like, well, what does it sound like when a sewer grate falls? I don't know, like two swords <laughs> clanging <laughs> two swords together? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean. What happens when a headlight blows out on a car? Oh, the same thing as an overhead light in a hospital. Like, same uh, thing. Whatever. Same thing. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. But, again, I say all of these things. As much negative as I can say, there is no negative about this movie. Oh, the movie movie rules. rules, The movie
0: is awesome. Uh, Let's see. What else can we talk about? We talk about, uh, let's see.
1: I can talk about one of the things that I actually genuinely appreciate about the movie. Sure, go ahead. All right. um, They could have made this movie fucking super bummer and turned it into, um, what's his name? Connor? Connor McLeod? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Connor. That's played by Christopher Lambert. Yep. Because he's immortal, there's a line that Sean Connery as Ramirez says, you know, about like he after he dies, he gets he he gets kicked out of his village and he finds another woman to love. And, right. Um, he uh, Connor McLeod is told by Ramirez like, you know, you're going to outgrow them. You know that you're, right. like save yourself the heartache. I've done this a thousand times. Whatever. Right. 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 And actually, they could have turned this movie into a super fucking bummer, um, but they didn't. And you don't you don't see the entirety of his entire lifetime, so you sh- you got to assume that there was some lonely periods in there. Sure, but like Christopher Lambert as the Highlander, as the immortal, doesn't shy away from love. And they really no, they no. could have done this thing where he was just a loner and like, oh, I just have to push everyone away because I'm attracted to you. Or he could have been some user and this and that and the third, which um, <laughs> I just hear sneak. Welcome to Bearcast. We're gonna do Cast again. <laughs> But they do a good job of. I know it's kind of a cliche thing, but the whole idea of like better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all, right?
0: Situation. I mean, yeah, the, you're, you're not wrong in that. And one of one of the things I thought about, um, like Connor, sort of has like a, a, a joie de vivre. Like he 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 really does have a love of life. Like he's into art. He's into antiques. He's into like. He didn't he, he didn't cut off humanity like Clancy Brown's Kurgan did you know like oh like, yeah like the Kurgan his main focus is the prize and becoming the one and so people are transactional to him I, it, and we see that in the scene where he like gets the hooker you know like whereas Connor is free to love and and sort of explore relationships to the Kurgan women are just, they're inconsequential. They're, they're just objects to be used, thrown away, whatever. Like, I mean, with what he does to Connor's, you know, wife, Heather, you know, when, when he first meets Ramirez and takes his head, you know? Right.
1: Right. Um, I just, I like the fact that they lean into that and he could have been a fucking kind of annoying character. It was like, I I can't I can't and he doesn't but he doesn't come across like a playboy either you know no he, no no he does no. kind of have that Devin like who is this guy sure he does the one thing that I hate that the show True Blood does which I've made a a joke about uh-huh. if you've been alive that long and you still broke <laughs> <case> of, <laughs> right, right 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 exactly of, go walk in the sun right? yeah he
0: at least had a plan yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: and like he he has you know he's a what is it an auctioneer and a uh, Antiques dealer. Antiques, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um. But yeah, no, I like the fact that they lean into the idea that this guy is still willing to love and appreciate humanity and isn't like, oh, it's a gift and a curse. It's like, man, like he's not out here
0: just throwing wang around, but he's also not afraid to love. Right, right. And this is something that you and I talked about a little bit. Uh, Like, Connor basically has the idea that he has the rest of his life to mourn his lost, you know, the, the people that he's loved and lost, but he only has... Their life to love them, you know, like, wow. like, perfectly. So, say that again. Connor has the rest of his life, the rest of his immortal life, to mourn the people that he's lost. He only has their life to love them. So, he actually sees time as something precious, as something like that is constantly taking away for everyone else that he knows, which, which is kind of interesting because. In the movie, Clancy Brown's Kurgan has this, like, almost... He's, he's almost like a cackling villain. Like, he's so over-the-top villainous that it's almost cliche, you know? It
1: is a little bit, but it still kind of Like,
0: works. He, he dips his toe in the water, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But his original idea was he wanted the Kurgan to be somebody that is just so defeated by loss and so defeated by, like, everything around me fades away that he had just given up. And so... He wanted his Kurgan to be a lot less a lot less like cackling villain and a lot more calculated, like almost like a serial killer. Like he wanted him to be like wearing Armani suits and a bowler hat and like like almost like a Patrick Bateman kind of thing.
1: Oh, okay. I mean if the prize is ultimate if you've been so hurt by life and you want out, the ultimate plan is like, Well, I can't kill myself, so I either have to start tracking down these guys and one of them is gonna kill me, right. or I get the prize and I can then be mortal. Right. So like that's my end game. That I'd be, uh, I'd be kind of interested in seeing that. Actually, that, it's an interesting take for it's sure. Definitely, it's a vastly different take than what yeah. was portrayed. Which I yeah. still like what was portrayed. Yeah. But.
0: I mean, essentially, the the director stood, stepped in, and was like, we kind of want like classic villain in this, and he yeah. was like, I can do that too. Sure, yeah. why not? It still
1: works. It still yeah. works. But that's a very I mean, different movie.
0: The scene where he's in the church and he, you know, he the, he confronts Connor and basically is like it's down to you and me. And one of us is not leaving the city alive. And Connor's like, cool, I'll meet you tomorrow at whatever time. And he leaves. And then they're in the church and the Kurgan, you know, licks the priest's hand is like, I am a worm. I have a confession. And he stands up and he gives the greatest line in cinema history. Where he's like, I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> it is a great line. Starts doing karate in the church. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a great line. It's a great scene.
0: I mean, it's great villainy, you know?
1: he's like, He was definitely deserved to be on the mad villainy bracket, man. Like, yeah.
0: he, he's an asshole, for sure. I, for sure. I mean, like, again, he's, he's a villain that is singularly minded. He is, I want the prize, and the path through that is directly through McCloud. So I am going to do everything in my power to goad McCloud into facing me outmatched.
1: I like that. I like that. It also one of the things that he does is and maybe it he somewhat in a weird way you would think that the small things of life like when you see so much in terms of like I was around when the car was invented and like sure. everyone here drives like uh and he's like we're sitting in this modern that's why he drives like a maniac he's like sure. I love life more than all of you in a weird way. Well, and I could have he could have played it as burned down and like oh it's also boring and da 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 but Part of it is just he leaning into the little bit of the cliche. Oh yeah, because he like, kidnaps
0: the old lady and like yeah, but he also puts like, her in the car mean, and is yeah. like ma yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just starts driving like a maniac down the wrong side of the road because he's immortal. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Like yeah. he can rec- so he can enjoy life truly. Yeah, exactly. Like again, yeah, that might be he might actually have more joie de vivre than more uh, lust for life. Yeah, yeah, like in that punk rock style, you know. mm Hmm. I never thought of that. That's a good yeah, idea. It just came
1: to me. It's a good idea. He's uh the Kurgan is an interesting character and before we go any further, we, we teased it earlier. We have got to give the underrated performance. This is one of of a lifetime, of of definitely of the week. But um I mean his body, we, of work, we, his body work, his body work substantiates it. Are we putting him past? Are we going where I think we're going with this? Uh, are you talking about the Wall of Fame? Oh my god, we are. Then we're on the same page. Then,
0: bro, let's 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 run down the list. So what? obviously the Kurgan. Okay. Oh, we're talking about Cle- okay, yeah, the Kurgan, the Kurgan, the Green Mile, right? Green Mile. There you go. Shawshank. Shawshank. No, wait. Was he in? Was he in Green Mile? No, Shawshank. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Shawshank. Shawshank. Yeah, Mister Krabs. He is Mister Krabs. He played Lex Luthor
1: in Justice League. He did. He's done a bunch. There's other stuff we're missing
0: too. I mean, oh, he's in Starship Troopers.
1: (gasps) Okay, Starship Troopers. We've said enough. That's it. We've said enough.
0: Between Highlander and SpongeBob and Starship Troopers, yeah.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wall of Fame. The Kurgan himself,
0: Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. He's the exact type of famous that I would love to be as an actor. Where like. You've done just enough cool shit to, like, keep your career going, but you're not, like, Tom Cruise famous, where, like, you can't go anywhere kind of thing. Like, Clancy Brown could go to an Applebee's and get, like, two people that are like, are you the fucking, are are you the Kurgan? Were were you in Starship Troopers, Mr. Clarence Brown?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's done, I'm sure we're missing a lot of stuff. He's been consistently working for a long time. Like, not in major, but he's he's been a, a working actor. I'm before, sure he showed up
0: on Law and Order because everybody, everybody does. Is, yeah. no, but
1: uh, I'm saying he's been a working actor for decades. Yeah. And yeah, he could probably get free dinner for the rest of his life just off just off Spongebob alone, man. That's and right. Uh, you know, especially the Kurgan alone. Anybody who's our age is like, yo, Clancy Brown, my guy. Say it. Say the line. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, well, that's cool. We got a new one on the Wall of Fame. Clancy yeah. Brown. So and I, earned, quite frankly. Yeah, well earned, well earned. So I know we've been talking about it for a long time. So yeah, there'll be a trivia on this one day of who's all on the Wall of Fame because I lose track sometimes. Uh, that would be a good trivia question. I have to listen to a lot of episodes, to
0: <laughs> compile all that info. Yeah, we to start reining that in. We yeah. we're throwing them, we're
1: throwing them up there, kind of like nah, spaghetti. You vetoed a couple, which I'll come back to. I, we Ooh. know it's, it's all good though. We know that John Leguizamo's up there. We for know sure. Jeremy Renner's up there. We know Clancy Brown's up there. We know that Regina King is up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know. I know we're missing a bunch. Nick Cage. Nick Cage is up there. Uh, Robert Downey, Val Kilmer's up of there. Of course. There's another. I know there's female actresses. i not. I can't think of right now because I know it's not just been that it's male Pat. dominated. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, that's a different. Oh, conversation. Uh, Charlie Rockets. Charlie Rockets. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he is up there for one movie. That's yeah, right. That's right. That's for right. dealing with its fat. <laughs> it. Anyways, yeah, it's a good call on that. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh what else on the Highlander? You want to talk
0: where it went from there? Oh man. The death of an of a franchise? Uh I mean not death of a franchise. It definitely shot itself in the dick and had to limp on from there. <laughs> uh so yeah, so then uh nineteen ninety-one they release Highlander two. Which is not a great movie. I literally have seen that maybe one time and it ruined it for me. So basically the premise is we find out the backstory of the immortals is, is that they're from a planet called Zeist and they were a bunch of rebels who were punished by being sent to earth through various times throughout, throughout various times in earth's history. And the prize is not only mortality, but also the chance to return to Zeist and be forgiven of your crimes. It's a horrible movie. It sounds terrible. It's yeah, it's it, it was not great. Uh, they bring back Sean Connery through magic. Uh, oh there's, they also throw in the idea that the earth has been uh, Polluted. By a solar flare and so there's a m- electromagnetic field around the earth protecting it it's not great
1: it's on the list uh, and i've never seen it but when you google like oh what are some of the worst sequels of all time it's on a lot of lists
0: well because it it completely just throws all of the highlander lore out the window <laughs> for no reason other th- it? yeah kind of yeah no they don't they don't at all <laughs> And so, to their credit, they eventually, the director who had creative control taken away from him like midway through the movie, eventually used the footage to cut a a director's cut where he removes all all recognition of them being from a a faraway planet in a galaxy and instead turns them into they're the last remnants of a superior advanced uh civilization that predates all of earth history so like kind of like atlantis or or you know that kind of thing i mean that makes sense to me i guess but so but same premise they led a rebellion and then were sent to various points in time in order to fight and regain the prize of potentially coming back home it still didn't do very well No,
1: it doesn't sound i mean they pivoted from wet dog poop to dry horse poop. So it's yeah, it's a little it,
0: easier to clean up, but still, still but poop. yeah, it's it's it it's not great. Uh and then they eventually follow that up with uh Highlander 3, also known as Highlander Sorcerer or Highlander uh the Final Dimension, which it turns out that they basically treat that as a direct sequel of the original movie completely disavowing the second movie. Where th- we find out that there is one final—I'm sorry—there's a handful of final immortals that have been trapped in a cave for centuries since, like the Bronze Age or whatever. And one of them is an actual like sorcerer. Oh snap! So played by Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> Shout out to Mario Van Peebles, who is—I don't even need to see awesome. this movie. Yeah, underrated forums of the week. Second one <laughs> of of the two. If if you're gonna watch a Highlander sequel probably this one's the one to watch. I would probably disavow uh let's see what was it, it was uh Highlander 2: The Quickening. Highlander the Quickening and then they also the direct or the 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 sequels that are based off of the television series. There was Highlander Endgame and Highlander The Source which are also not good. Just
1: I thought the one where Connor McLeod and Duncan McLeod met
0: up was actually kind
1: of good. One, oh, that
0: was Highlander Endgame. Uh, yeah, okay. I
1: heard that one was okay.
0: Okay. I mean okay, I okay. Mean okay uh, on the of those two between Highlander Endgame and Highlander The Source, yes, definitely Highlander Endgame. Also, shout out to Adam Copeland, aka Edge, for a cameo. Oh,
1: nice. Nice.
0: There's your little wrestling trivia right there. You there you go. There you go. Uh but yeah, uh yeah, there there is a scene in that movie where they have to fight their their biggest uh opponent yet. Like they find out that there's a secret society that has been keeping track of immortals and all their battles throughout history. And so they have a, a whole database of every kill, every, you know, like basically their power level. Oh my God. And so they find out that like Duncan's rating is like a 480, Connor's rating is like a 510 or something like that. And their big villain, Jacob Kell, has like a 10,000 rating or something like that. <laughs> and so. Connor asks Duncan to kill him to absorb his powers so that he can stand a chance against Kel, which they do. So they kill off uh, Connor McCloud in this bullshit movie for no other reason than Christopher Lambert was like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm raiding now, dog. <laughs>
1: That's it. <laughs> Got big things going on in the world of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, it lost me after the movie and the TV show. Yeah. Like I, said, I remember enjoying the TV show for what it was. I mean I was young so I didn't like my opinion of what was good and bad it was just kinda like, Oh, Michael watches it and it was cool. Like again, the premise always hooked me up the Highlander. I always thought like again, the like, oh, there's this drawing to fight each other and only mortals can kill each other and you have to cut off their heads. I was like, That's kinda dope.
0: So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and they do sort of expand on sort of the legacy and the lore of Highlander, albeit a little bit kind of fast and loose with the rules. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say uh, but, but there's it it does a good job of of giving what you, giving what you want in terms of like every episode there was always you know the initial battle where we find out who the villain is there's always you know Duncan McCloud who figures out who the or you know plays the Scooby Doo trying to figure out who's trying to kill him this you know this episode they tend to throw in a flashback at some point where you know they did do that a lot yeah where where we- Duncan learns some sort of life lesson that's going to help him out later in the episode, and then they have you know the final battle with where he eventually wins, or maybe there's a dusty finish leading up to a two parter, or, or a villain to be returning later, or something right. like that. So, in terms of it's very formulaic, but it does give you what you want in terms of I want to see some swords, I want to see a love scene, I want to see a little bit of like period piece where they put adrian paul in a really bad wig and uh let's move on from there
1: uh yeah they probably did yeah oh yeah Yo, he's australian in this one you're like no he's not <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> he put him in a straw hat <laughs> Don't You lie to me. i'm australian now nah. yeah. oh man well what else you
1: got any other highlander factoids or
0: I mean, I got factoid, So let's just, see. I mean, like I said,
1: this is your Highlander platform. So
0: yeah. So let's see. What else can I talk about here? Let's see. We talked about the prize, the gathering, the lore. Let's see. Most people are like, I don't care. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Guess what? You're a Highlander what?
0: fan, though. We're giving it to you this <laughs> That's episode. Right. So just a few like basic trivia facts and just th- you know things and research that I found really interesting. Uh, originally, they considered Kurt Russell and Mickey Rourke for the role. But they thought that they were too well-known in the American audiences in terms of they thought that, like, people wouldn't be able to, like, focus off, like, oh, that's Kurt Russell. Possibly. It also sounds like the producers being like, let's be more cost-efficient. Yeah also probably that although
1: probably if if the director had his sight on on dude um um, christopher limber yeah yeah, he probably had to fight for that then being like no that's the guy i want that's what i see in my mind and the producers probably like oh we're trying to actually make money (laughs) right
0: right so So you want to bring in some belgian no name
1: They're like we'll give you sean on a script
0: from no somebody nobody's heard of right yeah (laughs) From a director that did music videos. Yeah, they're
1: like, let's get uh, Sean Connery then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he was by far the highest paid actor in that film by I, like a wide margin. I don't, doubt, I don't margin, doubt it for a second. A wide margin. Uh, so the original title uh, for the spec script was called The Secret Clan. But when they first started shooting, it was called The Dark Knight. Really? No shit, sir. Man. Man. Can you imagine if they had, if he had claimed that one already?
1: Batman be like the darkest night. It's <laughs> I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was so that that was like Blue Harvest kind of thing? That yes, just exactly, okay. exactly. Like, okay. like during pro,
0: like Blue Harvest. For those that don't know, is what they called like, Star Wars on set. Yeah. It was like the code name for it. Sure, well, that's what they called. I think it was Empire just to like sort of hide what they were doing. Right, right. This was called uh, the Dark Knight. Pretty much up until they did focus groups, and people were like, "We hate the name." Yeah. Um, let's see. After that, oh, so the movie opens with Connor McLeod at a wrestling match, and he starts getting us. He starts getting the, the 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 quickening feeling. He feels that there's another immortal uh, nearby. It, it, so. The first opening battle takes place in a, uh, a parking garage at Madison Square Garden. Actually filmed at a parking garage in New Jersey, but substitute for Madison Square Garden. Close enough. So the opening match, just as a piece of trivia, is the fabulous Freebirds versus Greg Gagne, Jim Brunzel, and the Tonga Kid, who would go on to become Meng in WCW. Michael, your wrestling lore is impressive. <laughs> All you wrestling fans out there, if you only knew how far I had to dig to find that, and like actually review the movie and be like, "Goddamn right, that's a Tonka kid." Well, there you go. So, <laughs> hey, look,
1: you're giving a shout out. They put in their work on the movie, and they deserve to be recognized, even though we butchered almost everybody else's name today. <laughs> they deserve, <laughs> they deserve clarity, because you participate in
0: entertainment that Michael enjoys. <laughs> Welcome to the ride, yep, motherfuckers. Yep. Uh, well, hell yeah, man. That's about all I got as far as that goes. Uh, unless there's anything you want to talk about, anything you want to bring up?
1: Man, I just want to reiterate that I recommend this movie to anybody at any age, at any time. This movie rules, yeah. uh, ironically. Um, you can sit there and laugh at it all you want, but I will tell you this, you'll have a good time doing it. And you could pick it apart if you want to, but I think if you just get out of your own way and just take this movie for what it is, it's fucking awesome
0: i mean it's swords and sorcery in like the modern age or i mean contemporary age but you know what i'm saying like it's it's how can you not love modern day sword combat and there's something behind it like it's not just it's not like it's like the remake mortal Kombat movie where it's just like well we're just going to throw people together to fight like they give you a reason as to why these people are the way they are and really when you break down to it it's a really good character study of loss and sort of the passage of time and how it affects us all, except for some.
1: Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Queen soundtrack
0: either. Oh, we, my we
1: we've God. talked about it on a lot of other episodes, but it's incredible.
0: Yeah, they they actually never released uh, the Highlander as a soundtrack, but Queen did release It's a Kind of Magic, which is a remastering of all the songs featured in the in the uh, soundtrack or in the movie. Um, highly, highly recommend. I mean... It's dope. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they, they originally asked uh, Duran Duran to do it, and they passed. They asked, I want to say... Um, God, there was one... God, there was one more. I can't remember who it was. But they... They asked Freddie Mercury, and I think he passed or, or said he was going to take a look at it, and then they asked Brian May, and he was like, yep, I want to do this. Nice. So he wrote the song um, Just One Year of Love after watching the love scene between Connor and, uh, God, not Roxanne, uh, Brenna.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, Queen, they crushed it on that one, man. I mean. The who wants to live?
0: Forever. Oh yeah, it's oh, yeah. song. Just good give me the prize. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, shredding guitars, like every needle drop in this movie is fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it fits. It fits the mood. It's, it's, it's an all time. Completely. I mean, it's an all-timer. Freddie Mercury working on point.
1: Yeah, no. It, especially considering it's all original songs for the movie too. It's not just like a compilation. Like I'm not taking shots at anybody, right? but like Quentin Tarantino will assemble songs that he wants to see there. Sure. Mark Scorsese as mentioned earlier, brings in music that you're probably gonna hear a Rolling Stone song to be honest, but like he writes but, with, with yeah, a song in mind. He historically has written in his script like, Oh, and then this song drops. Right. So right. this was all written for it. So I mean in terms of original soundtracks, it's top ten for sure. Like I mean, uh, Hustle and Flow is up there too, but
0: yeah. I was gonna say, other and than like too. Hustle and Flow, and maybe like uh, UHF, like that's yeah. th- those are the best <laughs> yeah. movie yeah. soundtracks ever pull. written. Good pull. That's
1: a really good pull. I'm sure somebody's screaming at us right now. Like, <laughs> what about Spinal Tap? <laughs> Dewey Cox is oh, Spinal too. Tap. Yeah, Judy okay. Cox is up there for real. Okay, um, but yeah, yeah, so yeah, we just couldn't not talk about that soundtrack because it is truly. It's just weird. Like this movie has stood as much. That's what I'm saying. As much shit as you could give this movie. When you see any talks about immortal or anything like that, it's like it comes to your mind you're like, oh, so it's Highlander rules, right? Like right, it's a it's right. a a pop culture staple, whether yeah. you know it or not. You're like, oh, so it's like the Highlander, so right? Right. Your way of explaining it, things. it's
0: such in the pop culture zeitgeist that like that is the point of reference. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's it's you could pick it apart, but it's original, man, and I'm all about you know original yeah. things stand and test of time. Like
0: as, as as campy as it is, and there are really really campy parts. They swing for the fences, and it's just it just has an ambiance of just cool and kind of dark and gothic, but also, like, it has a really heartfelt message of, like, love and redemption and sort of, like, triumph over you know, good over evil, you know. So there's a lot there. Yeah, they don't hit every mark, but they at least hit the target. Yeah, for sure for sure it's better than the sum of all its parts yes that's a good way of putting it for sure yeah. which sounds like a horrible review for an no, awesome movie no no but,
1: but it's i mean it's it's it is what it is though i mean yeah. the parts aren't like individually nothing's bad but it's just like it somehow was just it stood the test of time of being like I, that could have easily been just a straight mediocre movie that, right that went oh that was a flop yeah, and just got heard shit about canned it yeah, yeah exactly so, but, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got on the Highlander, So I appreciate you putting me on for that one much sure, early dude, in my sure. life.
0: So. What do you give uh, So What would you rate it? What would you rate Highlander?
1: Oh, man. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know on this one. There's, Uh-oh. Uh, Go ahead. I don't, I'm trying to think of a good rating, a high rating. Oh, I will give it eight safety pins in the neck. Ooh. Very nice. I think there's eight. Very I'm counting
0: nice. in my, in my nice. mind. But it's a really well, good rating. Well, if I had to give this a review, I would say there can be only one. Well done, sir.
1: Well done. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, MD3 signing out. And Marvelous Mike Dudley saying, go watch a movie. And talk about it with someone you love.
2: I am the master of my destiny.